0: From Chicago, it's the Old St. Pat's Podcast Sunday Series, a show that highlights weekly reflections from Old St. Patrick's Church. Earlier this week, I was having a safe, socially distant conversation with a good friend of mine sitting out on our front porch. And you've noticed, I'm sure, in your own conversations, if yours are anything like mine, that there's a certain narrative arc to how we talk to each other these days and more specifically, what we talk about. The conversation kind of flows in a typical way and we keep sort of rounding about to a place where we pause at some moment in the conversation, recognizing a shared fatigue. Not necessarily with each other, although that sometimes is the case with this friend of mine. But we we run through the agenda, the the list of things that we tend to talk about. Perhaps we start softly and gently by talking about sports, but then that immediately raises questions about, well, how long do you think Major League Baseball can actually go on when these teams are getting COVID-19? To be safe, talk about golf. It's really the safest of the sports, it seems, and it seems like there's something good going on there. So... But then it moves always to bigger questions and conversations that we've been having, especially since the middle of March about the pandemic and about where we find ourselves in this. The stories of those who've been ill, the ones we've lost, the science behind it all. In our desperation for information and for hopeful good news, we sometimes just simply generated ourselves I don't know if you've discovered, if your friends are like mine, but I never knew so many of my friends knew a guy at the CDC or that their aunt was a scientist at the National Institutes of Health. I never knew these things. Everybody's got a source somewhere and they're getting the best information. It's a very Chicago thing to say, I got a guy. Now we've got guys and women in the epidemiological field And so we talk about those things and then maybe our conversation meanders into the sense we have that our social fabric is very fragile these days and that old wounds and persistent problems have come to the fore in a new and in an unbelievably crisp, clear way. We speak of our falling apart from one another. We lament the racism that divides us still when we recognize that not everyone, not everyone in this country experiences the same thing. Not all of us have been able to rid our hearts of bias and that we pray that we might have the grace to do what we ought to heal the wounds that separate us. These conversations are so heavy, you realize it, you realize that we're tired because so much has weighed on us so heavily for such an extended period of time now. It's sort of a, an existential fatigue. It's what philosophers might call ontological fatigue, that you're fatigued to the core of your being. My friend then offered this image, which I thought was really helpful and described well what I think I've been feeling, and so many others have. He said, it's like, it's like on your cell phone, when there's an app that's running in the background and you don't know it, and it's draining the battery down. And you get to the end of the day or the middle of the day and you recognize your battery's almost dead and you can't figure out why, but this app is just running all the time in the background, sucking the energy out of the device. He said, these times are like this this background noise, this context of our lives right now is constantly drawing from us energy and worry and attention. I've had so many days during this pandemic in isolation at home or venturing back to school in recent weeks where I was so darn tired at the end of the day and I couldn't figure out why. I hadn't done anything just those life-sucking Zoom meetings, a few phone calls, took a nice long walk, and I was exhausted at the end of the day because we're all kind of tired. We're all kind of a little off because of what drains the battery of our attention and our hearts these days, the heavy questions and the great desires that we find we're carrying each day. And so we come here. We join in this prayer today. And like the prophet Isaiah says, we pray that God might speak a word to rouse a weary people. That God might speak to our hearts and rouse in us that hope and love that God has planted there to charge up this weary people whom we hope to be as his presence, God's life in the world. And today, the scriptures do not disappoint. Did you hear the words that rouse a weary people spoken of the prophet Elijah or Jesus on that lake that scary night? Did you recognize that in the story of the prophet Elijah, he's in that cave because he's running for his life? Do we recognize that Elijah ends up hiding in that cave because he's been beaten down by the world? The powers of the world, kings and queens, have come after him and are hunting him. He stood face to face against the false prophets, the false religions of his time, and he's paid a heavy price for it. And now, isolated, alone, in self-isolation, if you will, he hides in a cave, shot up with fear. I'll be stopping by later. So that extraordinarily beautiful and dramatic text that we find here of Elijah experiencing an earthquake, wind, and fire. But God wasn't in those things, they tell us. It was a tiny whispering sound or in some translations, a still, small voice. And Elijah knows this is the God who has led me, this is the God who speaks. And he covers himself in the presence of the Holy. Now, there's so much we can take from that passage, and the obvious thing to distill from it is God sometimes comes to us in very small, gentle ways, truly. That the drama of life is not always the place where God's voice is going to be heard in the community, but perhaps in a quieter, a gentler, a heart-spoken way. There, that's how God will speak to us. Yes, truly, this is what we hear. But I'd like you to notice this, too. Elijah heard the voice. I'd like us to note that Elijah knew it was the voice of God. And so the question that's begged of us as we hear the prophet recognize this presence of God is, are we hearing it? How have you heard that tiny whispering sound in your heart that is From the Holy One, where in your life have you experienced that still small voice of God who speaks to us and calls us to some mission, some moment? Elijah hears it and he knows it. And then in the gospel, too, a group of people who are also shot up with fear. Scripture scholars like to remind us that those disciples on that boat represent the church, the people of God, getting bashed about on the waves. They want us to hear it, we're told. we want The, the author of Matthew's gospel wants us to recognize that this, this is a metaphor of the church moving through rough seas, being beat about, and we're told the wind, that is to say, the world was against them. And so, fear fueled people, fatigued by what they're experiencing, wander about aimlessly on a scary sea. And he comes to them. He's come from a mountaintop because we're told he sent them there so he could go and have that moment of prayerful, quiet conversation with the God who whispered in his heart at his baptism, You are my beloved son you please me so. And he knows the voice, and he knows to listen, and it's from that place of communion with God that he descends the hill, the mountain, and walks on the water to his friends. Not as some sort of a parlor trick, not as a setup for jokes for centuries to come, but as Jesus, God, God's voice, God's presence, coming To God's fearful people, God's people fatigued by the worries of their time. And he calms the seas, the control of God over the natural forces, and then calls Peter out Take a step, come to me. This weary people, this church of ours, gathers around the world today, hoping and praying, like the prophet Isaiah, that God might speak words to us that rouse us, that rouse us to the hope that is our destiny, that rouse us to some sort of action. And I'd suggest two things to extract from these readings today. First, got to listen to hear the voice. And second, we're invited to take a step out on the water See, the practical spiritual implication, it seems to me, at least in part of these readings today, is this. Are we listening? Are we carving out space and time and quiet for that tiny whisper of a voice of God, that still small voice? Have we found the ability to, in a responsible way, tune out some of the noise and the news of the day? To fast, as it were, in our tradition? from all the data and all the information and create some space that's heart speaking to heart, a quiet for God to speak to us. And if, it, if you have difficulty in those prayers and in those moments of trying to carve out the opportunity to listen more carefully to God, then maybe it's really a prayer of memory we need and wonder to yourself, how has God gotten to me before? How does God get to me? How does God get my attention? What are those moments and those people and those experiences of my life where God has spoken to me, has opened up my heart and my imagination to something new? What have been those experiences in my life? And savor them, as St. Ignatius might say, to hold them and savor them and enter into them so that God might show us the way. And take a step Take a step out of the fear, Jesus says. Lean into me. Come toward me. Lean into the church and this community and our prayer, even if we're separated, even if we're not physically together, but to hold one another in that prayer. We believe that this communion of saints, this church is Christ's body in the world. And so we reach out to care for each other. Take some step. Tune in to the, to the broadcast of Father Massingill this week, this extraordinary teacher and leader who's helping us see something in our own Catholic tradition about what we might do to be better in our response to the call, to resist, to fight the racism of our time and to pray for our own conversion to something more. Take some step this week out of the fear and into the hope into the liberation of that voice, of that Jesus on the waters. May we know the grace this week to hear that tiny whisper, perhaps to remember that small voice. May we know the grace to take one small step to build up the community, to lean into the body of Christ, to be the body of Christ, for a tired, hurting world. May we know that, Grace. Thank you for listening to today's episode. For more information about all resources and events at Old St. Pat's, please visit our website at oldstpat's.org. To stay up to date with new episodes, please follow us on Spotify and Google Podcasts. Find us on Twitter at Old St. Pat's and on Instagram at Old St. Pat's Chicago. I'm Kate Anderson. You've been listening to the Old St. Pat's Podcast.